Welcome to The Coaching Circle, a podcast where we explore the world of coaching, business and personal evolution with me, NLP Master Trainer, Coach and your host, Tony Everard. Inspiring conversations and deep dives into every aspect of your coaching and wellbeing business with experts in their field to help you stand out as the expert in yours. Get ready, let's go. In this episode, we are talking about beauty and following your dreams at any age. And I am a big fan. Let me tell you, I'm a big fan of today's guest, Joyce Piper is the face yoga coach and she's a pro-aging facialist who's highly trained in an incredible technique called neo-lifting. And Joyce has traveled the world in her former careers and she's led a very interesting life and she became interested in holistic therapies in her 30s. Now at 65, believe it or not, Joyce is just at the beginning of a whole new career and she has the courage to speak out and go against the tide of popular opinion that Botox and other invasive treatments are the only way to rejuvenate your facial appearance. I'm so excited for this conversation. Welcome, Joyce Piper. Hi, Tony. Thanks so much for having me today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I would love to know, this is the question I always want to ask people, Joyce, is what led you to become a face yoga coach and start your business? And and why is that so important to you? Well, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, about 30 years ago, I started studying holistic therapies. And um, I'd always had not the best skin. And uh, I had a, a relative who said to me, you need to eat more greens. And back in the day, back in my teens, there wasn't the internet. So you weren't able to just go online and find information readily. And um, there wasn't much that you could buy to look after your skin at that point if you had acne or blackheads. So I used to go to health food stores and there weren't many back in the day. But I would go and I would buy books and read. And that really was the start of my journey, even before my 30s, when I was a teenager. Mm, Wow. Wow. That's such an important point, Joyce, that I think that Mm. you made there is that, you know, these days, like how long has the internet been around for? I don't know. Probably since the 90s. Since the 90s, right? And it's kind of hard to think even what we did before the internet, right? Because mm. we're now so also uh, just take for granted that anything you want to know, you just Google it, right? Exactly. And I actually went to a skin therapist and he gave me these very strong antibiotics. I was actually willing to do anything to clear my skin, but mm. I tried these medications for about a week and instinctively I just didn't want to take them because they made me feel really bad and then with time I came to realize that women that had actually used this particular medication and then went on to have children their children's teeth were affected by that particular antibiotic that they'd used so you know I must have had something inside of me that 
knew not to continue taking them. Mm. So I was using a preparation. My sister was a nurse and in the hospital, uh, the doctors used to cleanse their hands before surgery with a product called Pfizer and it killed everything, but it also made my skin so sensitive and dry and peeling. So I was on this quest to find out what I could do to look after my skin. And that has led me on such a journey. I never expected to be where I am today because of that. Mm, that's incredible, Joyce, because, you know, and I, I think that's, you know, like, I don't want to go, I, look, I'm totally against Western medicine because the fact is if you've got a really serious infection or you've mm. had some kind of accident or whatever, you need hospital and, and doctors, right? But yeah, I think what's really important, yeah, is that knowing that a lot of the medications that get prescribed to people have really bad side effects. And they can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're often overly medicated when there are actually different um, different solutions available that most people don't know about, right? Exactly. Mm. So uh, that led me in the health food stores, which in the day, if you went to a health food store, you were perceived as a bit of a um, cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good alternative. Um, exactly. And I was not. I, I'm quite a conservative person, um, but you know, I'm open, my mind is open to different things. Mm. And I discovered uh, an author called Leslie Kenton. She was um, a beauty editor for a lot of the Vogue and Cosmo. And she had been very disillusioned with the beauty industry and turned holistic. And she wrote some wonderful books. And I, I still have them. Um, and I still go back to them time and time again. And her ethos was about feeding your skin from the inside out. Even before this became popular and mainstream, it was mm. all about the gut. And if you've got a healthy gut, everything else will be healthy. So, mm. yeah, that was that became my approach. Yeah. I think there is there's so much more awareness about that now, isn't there? That yes, gut like, health is critically important for the, our whole body, really, and yeah. and our mind because it even you know even from like uh, anxiety and stuff like that can can be linked very much to gut health alone. Yeah, skin and you know everything else. Yeah, and I mean, if you eat a beautifully ripe peach your body just feels amazing compared to if you go and get some greasy hot chips and you eat those and then you feel heavy and you just mm. want to sleep. So it makes an incredible difference on your body, your mind and your behaviour if you eat the right foods. Yeah, and, and you know what? That is such a thing, Joyce, because I remember um, I, I listened to a lot of Alan Carr's books Alan Carr's the easy way to stop overeating or stop smoking or stop drinking and all that kind of stuff and you know a lot of his <clears throat> a lot of his ethos is basically around you don't crave what you don't think is a benefit for you um but I remember him talking about you know if you get like you said like a really beautiful ripe peach 
and you cut it open and you look at it and you smell it and you feel it, like it's very like appealing, right? It but is. if you, yeah, if you get like a, I don't know, a cheeseburger or something from McDonald's and you hold it and you really look at it and you pull it open and you smell it, like it's it's rubbish. Like your body knows, right? Yeah. It's, it's only when we mindlessly just shove stuff that we don't pay attention to that, I think. Yes, I agree completely, Tony. Mm. And um, the journey kind of went on. I went on to become a fitness instructor Mm. and uh, a massage therapist, uh, aromatherapist and reflexology. And I thought that would be the end. I thought I would just love doing that. And for a time I did until I had a bit of a, a negative experience with a client and it got me thinking maybe I don't want to do full body massage anymore. Mm. Um, but all the time I was working in the corporate world. So this was still, you know, just a passion project. Mm. But even back then, aromatherapy was seen as quite alternative, whereas now it's so widely accepted. And I used to make products on my kitchen table, um, facial oils, body oils, body wash. And in fact, I went along to um, it was some kind of convention and I was selling my products and there was an American man there uh, who had come over for this event and he said to me you know you should be doing this selling on the internet and of course I had no idea what this internet was or how it worked and I completely rejected what he had said to me um so it's interesting how sometimes things can come full circle mm, indeed yes yes oh that's amazing so you you definitely you know you didn't just have an interest in holistic therapies like you were trained in a lot of holistic therapies massage aromatherapy yes. you know all of those things yes mm -hmm. yeah okay good yeah. and so and so when was this, Joyce? What, how long ago was this? So that was 30 years ago. Yes. And yeah. uh, fast forward on from that, um, I still dabbled in it, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't spending a lot of time working on clients. But I did have this very special gift, which I recognised and other people told me, um, doing facials and mm. that aligned perfectly with my love of skin care and self-care so uh, I kept sort of just dipping my toe into that and I've always been a fan of skincare products and I would buy lots of products and test lots of products to try and find out or separate the good from the bad and um, I mean, media and marketing will try and uh, convince us that we need so many products. But I actually found that, in fact, there are times when our skin just wants to get back to basics. So mm. that's another philosophy that I have that I try and instill on my clients. 
sometimes less is more. You don't need to be spending hundreds of dollars on really expensive products because often you're just paying for a brand name and advertising and your skin only has the ability to absorb so much. So at certain times, just cut it all back and get back to basics. Mm, I love that, Joyce. I love that because, mm. you know, especially where we're in this kind of age of consumerism and um, there is, there's so much marketing and, and everything like that trying to convince us that we need all of these things. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they're not cheap. They're not cheap. And I know myself, I've spent hundreds of dollars on, on different kind of um, products and things over the years. And, uh, and you know, I guess I've been fairly lucky. I've had good genes thanks to my mom as well. But, you know, moving to, into my, I, or I am in my late 40s, it's that you do start to become a bit more aware. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, having something simple, I think is, is what makes these kinds of routines sustainable as well, doesn't it? Exactly. Because a lot of women say to me, oh, I haven't got time to clean my skin. Um, And I just don't believe that because if it's important to you, you'll actually make time. And really, a few minutes at the end of the day isn't a whole lot. Mm. And, you know, there sometimes you can even clean your skin while you're watching TV. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'll talk more about that a bit later. But then um, I was working overseas and um, I was 55 at this stage and I, my relationship uh, dissolved. Mm. And um, at 55, I thought that I was settled in my life and it really, it was like the rug got pulled out from under me and it made me think about my value as a woman, um, what I could still contribute to society. And um, I knew that I wasn't alone in being at this stage of my life and having to start fresh again. Mm. So I really focused on not thinking of myself as a victim and it made me very determined to really dig deep and pull all of my skills together and think about what I could do moving forward. So as it happened, I started a new job. I was still living overseas. And when I moved into the office, the lady that had been in that office before me had left a book on the bookshelf which was about face yoga and oh. I took it home and I read it and I started practicing these movements because you know we're actually moving our faces all the time when we're speaking and eating and um, frowning and what have you but we're not doing it consciously and as someone that had exercised her body all her life it made sense to me that we could do small exercises for our face. So I loved it so much. I did Google then and I found a Japanese woman who was teaching face yoga. So I joined her online class 
And I loved it so much and felt and could see the difference quite rapidly that she was taking registrations from anyone that was interested in learning how to become a teacher of face yoga. So I was right on that. Mm -hmm. I enrolled and um, in 2017, I became one of the first face yoga instructors. Wow, Joyce, that's amazing. I, I just love that. Um, you, you know, like yeah. I talk a lot about this to people is, is being open, like we can we can get so caught up in the how things have to happen, but mm -hmm. it's just being open. And you just happen to move into an office and, you know, that job might not have been going to be the career or whatever that you're going to do forever, but mm -hmm. you're just taking the steps in, and open and there you move into a new office and there's a book that would change yeah. the trajectory of your of your yeah. future like it's amazing isn't it yes I love that and and I really do I I've loved so much hearing about face yoga from you because I really get that like we spend so much time thinking about oh how do I look and do I need to get a personal trainer and go to the gym and all these kinds of stuff for how we look but it's never ever I'd never even considered you do exercises for your face to improve you know how your face is or your skin or your muscle tone or anything like that um mm -hmm. it's kind of it's it sounds obvious when you hear it but it's just not something that's that commonly thought of yeah it's incredible and in fact I subscribe to a, a magazine online which is um it goes to people that are in the beauty industry and um it's all about hair care, cosmetics, perfumes, you know, the whole gambit. And this week's um, episode mentioned that face yoga is the fifth most um, Googled or however you want to say it on TikTok. So, ah, yeah. Yeah, it was ranked up there in the fifth highest search. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Wow, wow. So it's obviously gaining popularity. It is. And um, honestly, in the US and where I was living in Saudi Arabia, face yoga was so popular. And as soon as I graduated, I started running classes. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, but I plunged headfirst into it. And even Saudi men were so interested in face yoga because um, they really have this thing about their appearance they dress impeccably and um, looking good is very high on their values mm. um, so yes I had men and women and in Saudi where I worked it was kind of like the United Nations there were people from all over the world so I had people that spoke different languages sometimes we couldn't communicate in words, but somehow I still got the message across. And talking about cultural differences, how different cultures use their faces is a very interesting subject in itself. Some show emotion much more, um, like a lot of the Russian women that I taught, they weren't very expressive. And sometimes at the end of a class, I would be thinking, I don't think they're going to come back again. I don't think they enjoyed it. 
And that was so far from the truth. I had one woman that came back to me and she said, you know, I went home and I cried with happiness because I've, I haven't felt this good in the longest time. And I was quite shocked and surprised um, at that kind of reaction. Wow. Wow. That's incredible, Joyce. And I, I, th- I, that's something I haven't considered before either about, mm-hmm. co- well, I have, but in a different aspect, because I know mm-hmm. in NLP, we talk about, you know, when we talk about eye patterns and how people use their eyes, according mm-hmm. to what they're thinking, that some people have a look to talk rule and some people have a don't look to talk rule. And that can be cultural mm-hmm. uh, sort of base. But for the people, I, I this question just popped into my mind for the people like that use their face differently or they're more expressive or less expressive do you see different structural things happen with their face yes uh for example um and this is a generalization Mm. but the asian culture they uh don't have a lot of lines on their face their skin is quite smooth um what they might um have is more uh, with time, their faces might droop more, but that's going to happen anyway because of gravity. Mm. But um, yeah, how our face ages is also very dependent on bone structure. Mm, okay, so it could be bone structure and like also environment, I guess. Yes, environment, yeah. uh, genetics, 25%. The rest is your lifestyle, like diet, sleep, if you're on medication, the state of your health. And one very overlooked thing, Tony, that you'll be able to relate to, the mind and your thoughts. Mm. And because I'd studied NLP, this was something that I really wanted to incorporate into my teachings because there are women that will look in the mirror or not want to look in the mirror Um, And those that do might automatically focus on what they perceive as being a fault or something they don't like. And I really try to discourage that kind of thinking and use their mirror as a tool and focus on what they do love about themselves and be aware of the thoughts that you're repetitively saying in your mind about how you look Um, Mm. because we can convince ourselves of so many things. So use the mind in a very positive way and focus on the outcome you really do want. Yeah, I I love that, Joyce. And it's so true. In fact, when I run NLP practitioner training, I often get people to take a photo of themselves on the first day and then a photo Mm -hmm. of themselves on the last day. And you can see the difference because when people release, and you know this, when people release um, negative emotions, so old emotional baggage and limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff from their past, it, their muscle structure changes because we hold all of this stuff holographically throughout our body right and it's in our muscle tone and all those kinds of things and we know that right because it's like if people if you get stressed you know you feel your muscles all kind of scrunching up Mm -hmm. but yeah it happens in your face as well so if you're holding on to a whole lot of old mental and emotional stuff it's it's in your it's in your muscle tone it's in your skin it's in your face 
It mm. is, Tony. And um, I always say our issues are in our tissues. Yes. And um, it might be trauma from long ago that has never been released. And I believe um, the mind is in every cell of the body, not just up here in the mm. brain. Um, yeah, absolutely and, it is. Deepak yeah. Chopra talked about that in the 1986 book he wrote, um, Quantum Healing, mm -hmm. and, you know, the mind-body connection. Yeah. Yeah, and our posture. Posture is so important to not just how our face is going to age but how we feel. And we know if we're rounded and hunched, if our head is down, we don't feel as good as if we're standing tall, our chest is open, we're breathing fully. It immediately lightens you. So mm. this is also another very important aspect of facial yoga teaching. Mm, I yeah, I'm I'm you're getting me to sit up straight and out. <laughs> good reminder. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Fascinating. So so then, so you found this face yoga and you become an instructor and you're in um, Saudi Arabia, you know, working with all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. um, what, what happened from there? How did you get from there to here? So in 2019, um, I decided I'd come back, back to Australia. I'd been, I actually, I packed my bags for six months to go and have an adventure there. And that six months turned into 20 years living away from Australia. But wow. by this point, um, my mother was aging and I just wanted to come back and spend more time with her. So I did that and um, I thought that I would launch myself, reinvent myself, starting from scratch, um, teaching face yoga, uh, and see where that might take me. So slowly, slowly, I started um, going around doing events, which you came to one of my events. Yeah, and these were amazing. just workshops, two hours. And I would do that every month. Um, then my mum got quite ill and I stopped working completely and I just looked after mum for the rest of her time. But as you had mentioned, I continued to do study in various massage techniques for the face. I went back to beauty school and I once again just did the, um, the part regarding the face. Like I'm not a beauty therapist. I've only studied the skin and how to treat the skin, nothing else. So um, after my mother passed away, I thought, right, it's now or never. And I'd set up a room in my home where I was seeing people for treatments. And the feedback I got was wonderful and very encouraging to me. And I have worked with a coach off and on and always had it in my mind that yes, this is what I want to do. But there was this little part of me thinking, what am I doing here in my 60s? Who do I think I am starting a business in my 60s? But I just had this feeling inside of me that all this stuff that I had done, I couldn't just let it lay dormant. 
because I knew that I would feel so disappointed in myself if I didn't do something with it and offer my services to women because I just knew how good it made them feel. Mm. So it was only this year, Tony, that I had the courage to move out of my home into a commercial space and now I have my own little studio in a wellness hub where I'm seeing clients daily, giving them beautiful facial treatments. Mm, I love that, Joyce. I love that so much. And, you know, I, I'm i really passionate about this myself. Like I said, I'm in my late 40s, so I'm, I'm 48. And, um, and I, well, I started my business, I probably did my big change and started my business when I was around 40. Um, but I work a lot with women in that sort of 45 to 65 and even beyond type age group. And what I'm really passionate about is exactly what you've said. Like when you come to this stage of your life, whether it's in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, or even your 70s, 80s, wherever. I know a naturopath who's still running her own clinic who's 70 or over 70 now. Um, that you have so much wisdom, experience, knowledge. Like there's so much there to give. Um I, I think we really need to change this narrative about, and it is changing, about that you, there's an age where you're no longer relevant or there's an age where you're past it. No, that's it's just not true. Um, you know, I think the, in my experience, the most like happy, healthiest, um, like people who are moving into their 60s, 70s and 80s and beyond are those who continue to contribute, right? And, you know, Tony Robbins even talks about this, that, um, you know, there's the six human needs where we've got, you know, need for certainty, a need for variety, a need for love and connection, a need for significance, but we also have a need for growth and contribution. And that growth and contribution are the two most important needs that you need to have fulfilled. So, so this is why, like, I'm like, you know, I think there was a time I used to keep myself that maybe I wouldn't do any more courses, but now I'm just <laughs> like, no, I'm committed to lifelong learning. And the yes. more I learn, the more I grow, the more I evolve, the more I have to contribute to those around me. And I think, you know, it's such an important thing that we continue to do that. So I, I love that, Joyce. Yeah, and I've just found that the more I learn, the more there is to learn. It's It just never ends if you are open to doing the work. And not only are you learning new skills, or but you're actually, it teaches you about yourself. Um, and I think mm. it, um, it really brings a certain level of confidence as well that you're, continuing to grow as an individual and it can show you different things about yourself that you perhaps weren't aware of mm, yeah yeah and like I think I, I I strongly believe especially business like in my mind business is just part of your spiritual growth and evolution because like Business can really challenge you in a lot of ways, especially when you're a solopreneur or you're doing providing some kind of a service or coaching or something like that. Um, you know, I know a lot of people feel like, oh my God, it really is a real trigger to look at your own self-worth. 
because you feel like, oh my God, I feel like I'm kind of like putting myself out there and and I'm selling, you know, myself. And so if, if people, you know, could reject me and it can be really, you know, that real personal kind of feeling about your own self-worth. And really it's just an opportunity to really grow into, you know, loving yourself more, valuing yourself more, um, you know, and um, uh, and being of greater service. Yes. And uh, everything that you just said, I experienced. Um, and to some degree, I still every now and again have those challenging thoughts. Yeah. Um, but uh, honestly, I'm, I just... I'm so happy. I've really found um, a deeper level of happiness in my life that I didn't think I would get from work uh, because I don't actually, to me, it's not work. I get up every morning and I'm so excited about who I'm going to be with during the day um, and what I can give them. And they give me back so much because when um, I'm treating a client, it's not about just what I'm giving them. I work with them energetically. So we are working together. Um, it's very much them and me. Mm, yes. I And I think that is such an important thing, right? Because, mm. and we'll probably lead into this, but um, it, it's the same with, it's for me when if I'm coaching someone, you know, with NLP and timeline therapy and those kinds of things, hypnosis, it's not a do to like nobody can do something to you. And I think this is where, um, you know, the, <clears throat> there is such a, um, you know, back again to this kind of consumerism thing, I guess, where people want to just buy the magic pill that they just want to mm-hmm. have the injection that they just want to pay and get a result without them actually doing anything or changing anything or, or anything else. And, Lasting change just doesn't work like that, right? Exactly. And look, Botox is a quick fix if you want to make your face look perfectly smoothed out. But there hasn't been research done on the effects of Botox on women over the age of 60. In Australia, I don't even know if the industry is regulated. I have tried to google um, but i haven't found a definitive article that tells me that everyone that's doing it is um, under some kind of registered body Mm. look there are some really good clinicians and i don't want to talk negatively about it because it's everybody's choice to do Mm. whatever they please but i am i've said to you before i'm swimming against the tide doing what I do uh, because you know even the street I live on there's a clinic they are popping up everywhere they're so popular because people do want an instant result what Mm. I give will give you an instant result but you have to keep at it it's like going to the gym you don't go in once and come out with that bikini body you've got to keep doing it and Mm. just being consistent a little bit every day. Um, mm. And the beauty of that is the power is in your hands. Yeah, you, you actually are the controller of how you're going to age rather than handing it over to somebody else. Yes. This is, 
this is a really good point, Joyce, because I think, um, you know, it's the same with, you know, like mental health, right? It's like, you know what, I'm not, I don't completely poo-poo people being on anxiety medication or depression medication, because the fact is being on medication is better than not being here, right? Yeah. So like there's times where people would have take medication and that's fine. Um, it's not a long-term solution, right? And you're relying on something external to you. So, I mean, if we go to like, I don't know, any kind, we know from the last couple of years, things can change very fast. Things can suddenly be taken off of the, you know, what's legal to be supplied or anything for whatever kind of reason. So if you're relying on something that, you know, you don't have any control over and one day it disappears or, or maybe one day you find that you have a bad reaction to it or, you know, whatever else, then you're suddenly left dealing with this kind of situation that you can't control, right? Like you yeah. don't, you don't have any control over it. So, you know, I think this is the thing, like you said, it's putting the power in your hands of like, there's literally nothing that could happen that would, I mean, unless you lost your hands or something, but I'm sure that's not going to happen. Like that could stop you from doing facial exercises or, you know, or it's the same with working on your mindset. Like if you know how to work on your mindset, you can do that yourself every day. You're not, you know, you're not um, relying on a medication or, or another person to help you live your life right yeah absolutely yes mm, yeah so who are the kind of people that you help now Joyce because I know you're saying you know you feel like swimming against the tide because these clinics are popping up everywhere and you know I, I think with anything it will have its day and it will you know they'll I'm sure it'll change at some point in time um in one way or another but you know, I know there is a lot of people, and especially in my circles, there's a lot of people who are really interested in natural health and natural beauty and those kinds of things. So, so who are the kinds of people that you do see? Well, I, working with a coach, we had to figure out our niche client group. And I always thought it would be women 50 and above. And I do see a lot of those women. However, I also see a lot of younger women who have had lip fillers or Botox and for one reason or another, it has given them um, headaches, migraines. Uh, one young lady, she had lip fillers over 12 months ago and her lips are so still extended and painful. So she mm. comes to me for massage um, I have a lot of women that I see that hold a lot of tension in the jaw who clench their teeth at night or grind the teeth. And this causes incredible pain. So I do something which is called buckle or intraoral where I massage from inside the mouth to try and release tension. Um, mm. And if you are someone that clenches your jaw, uh, it's quite common that you also have neck and shoulder pain. So that's when I focus around the shoulders, the neck, and mainly around the jawline. Wow, wow, that's really interesting. So it can like literally be, it's not necessarily just for um, appearance, it can be for physiological type things that are happening as yeah. well. Yes, and um, a few women 
uh, that have had like Bell's palsy where one side of the face might be drooping. I work with those women doing treatments using cups and also showing them facial exercises to try and build the strength back up in that side of the face and get the face more symmetrical. Mm, wow. Wow, that's really interesting, Joyce, because, yeah, you don't think about these kinds of things and, and it literally does just happen sometimes, doesn't it, that people it just does. suddenly have something happen and, and mm -hmm. yeah, then part of their face changes. Um, so I'm sure that would be a huge relief for people to know that there's actually something they can do about that. Yeah, there is. Mm, yeah, fabulous. Oh, great. So, Joyce, what do you think, you know, for for you is the, you you know, your favourite tool or your favorite sort of thing that you do when you're helping people my favorite thing that I do when I'm helping people um I guess what I love the most is at the end of a treatment I'll say oh I feel so amazing and what I like to actually let those clients know is that that amazing feeling that they're feeling is really the beauty inside of themselves, that mm. connection with that beautiful part inside of them. Because to me, beauty is not about how a person looks. We, we have, we've been conditioned to think that beauty is looking a certain way, but everybody has their own beauty. And this is what I want my clients to recognize and get in touch with their beauty. And when they can feel that from the inside, that will radiate outwards and they will just walk more confidently and feel more confident. And to me, that's beauty. I, jo Joyce, I love that so much. And I'm so glad that you've said that because I've always recognized this in um, in other people. Like, what do I find attractive? So there could be like, you know, a man or a woman who aesthetically look perfect or amazing or anything like that. It doesn't necessarily make them attractive. No. <laughs> yeah, right? It's that mm -hmm. inner energy that have people have. And in fact, mm -hmm. you know, this is an interesting thing that I noticed um, I had to shift with myself because, um, you know, growing up, like I'm I'm quite tall, so I'm five foot nine and, you know, I'm blonde haired and blue eyed and I, I guess I stand out and people have always commented on my looks, right, which is nice, but it puts a lot of pressure on w where you see your worth and mm. if there's, if you put some weight on, am, am I now not worth as much or, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I really had to shift that for myself and go, you know what, like, you know, looking good and feeling good is nice, but people are attracted to my energy. People yes. are attracted to my energy. And that's mm -hmm. what I would like say to myself as a mantra to get away from this whole, doesn't matter, like, you know, and because I, I talk to people about this a lot, right? Because especially with coaches, one of the big things I find is the fear of being visible, right? And, um, you know, and like I said, I'm often working with women in their 40s and 50s and 60s and um, and showing up on camera and all this kind of stuff. They can have a lot of issues around how critical they feel about the way that they look and all those kinds of things. 
and 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 it's really knowing that how you look yes you want to look your best but it's not what attracts people to you um you know like we know from rapport in matching and mirroring that people need to be able to see you and hear you and really get to know what you're like and how you interact for them to get in rapport with you it's not they go oh look you know tony's got such great hair <laughs> Not, you know that's not why someone's going to want to work with me um mm. and and I so I think that is such a good thing and you know the other side of that that you said what I really loved when you talked about saying when people say I feel really amazing and you say that's them connecting in with the truth of who they are essentially and and this is the thing that I often talk about is that the truth of who you are feels good right? So if you're feeling really good, you're connected in with the truth of who you are. If you're feeling bad, you're disconnected from the truth of who you are and you're, and, and whatever you're thinking about focusing on isn't the truth of who you are. So if you're looking at yourself going, ah, oh, yeah, this, that, whatever, I'm feeling bad, <laughs> it's an indication that you're so far from the truth of who you are that you can feel it, right? Yeah. Mm. Yes. I love that, Joyce. I'm so glad you said that. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> fabulous. So, Joyce, um, I would love to know, you know, like we've spoken a little bit um, about, you know, your journey and, and those kinds of things, which has been amazing. But, you know, what what would you say? I mean, just briefly, um, what do you think has been some of the most challenging things for you in being uh, having your own business? Definitely the mindset, Tony. Um mm it requires a very different mindset and um, a lot of self-belief. You've got to be really courageous. Um, mm. And, you know, at times I've doubted myself and my ability, uh, but I've got to put the brakes on that. And working with a coach, a mindset coach such as yourself, has helped me oh, I can't even quantify. Um, I don't think I would be as far ahead as I am if I wasn't working with a mindset coach. Mm, yeah, I, it's so true, Joyce. And I think, you know, like myself, I am, I am a mindset coach. I'm a trainer. Mm. I teach people how mm. to coach, right? But there's times where I've had doubts myself, like, mm -hmm. and like, especially I know, you know, like I remember even last year, I was quite sick. I think it was last year. I was quite sick for mm -hmm. a couple of weeks. And, and I remember sitting on the couch going, maybe I don't even know what I'm doing. Maybe I should just go back and get a job, right? Like it's absolute rubbish. Yeah. But because, you know, if you're, and this is why you've got to understand how the mind body works, right? Because if you're not feeling well and there's something going on with you physiologically, your mood will be lower and then your thoughts will match it. it and it, it can blow everything out of proportion. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really, a, a really important thing, Joyce. It's like that knowing, you know, you've got to keep working on your mindset and not letting a, a setback, you know, not letting you make that mean that, oh, this means I shouldn't be doing it. It's like, yeah. no, it's just a challenge, right? It is, and it's not the truth. Yeah. And it's I, I think it's maybe a little bit of fear. And like you say, when you're not feeling your best, um, you've really got to work on those 
thoughts. Yeah. And understand is like, okay, yeah. what's going on with me? Am yeah. I not well at the moment? Okay. That's mm-hmm. probably an indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- am I, have I been eating properly? Have I been sleeping properly? Have I drank enough water? Um, you know, what have I been focusing on? All of those things is like where we've got to go before we make meaning out of what's going on as a negative, I guess. Yeah. That's right. And I love what you said, Tony, you know, drinking water, sleeping right, eating right. We can all do those things. You know, it's a very easy choice to make. Um, and it's so critical. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fabulous. So Joyce, I guess, you know, if we were to summarize what we've been speaking about today, what do you think is something that you would really love people to know about, you know, working, you know, learning face yoga or working with a facialist like yourself that could really help them, you know, make a life-changing decision? Well, what I would love any listener to know is that looking after yourself and self-care is not selfish. Um, Mm. And, you know, it's that old adage of make sure you, you put the protective face mask on yourself first before mm. you look after others. But if you think about it, we get our car serviced regularly. Um, we're always doing maintenance on our house. Um, but we don't always take ourselves in for a facial treatment And to me, having a facial treatment is not just about caring for your skin or wanting to look beautiful. It's working on your central nervous system. As I mentioned, the issues are in the tissues. And when we're massaging and doing face yoga or various techniques, we're moving stuck energy. And we can release that stuck energy, which immediately makes you feel better you've got to drink a lot of water after because you've got to rid the body of that stuff that negative emotion or trapped um trapped emotion so Mm. don't think of um face yoga or facial treatments or any of these techniques as just um a superficial beauty type treatment it's goes so much deeper than that it Mm. really does yeah I uh, that is so good Joyce and I think it is it's that it's that self-love and self-care and um and it really makes a difference because I know like you know some of the stuff you do it shifts like lymphatic fluid and all kinds of things doesn't it which is really important for like the health of your body and and you know releasing toxins and all kinds of things it that's right Tony and you know, um, it's we've got to start thinking about our head and our body as one complete circuit. So, uh, for example, when you're massaging your scalp, and I'm a big believer in scalp massage, it will work on your whole body to release tension. Um, and it's also releasing, lymph, it's draining lymph as well. So, Lymphatic mm. drainage is a very important part of wellness and well-being. Mm, yeah, wow. 
Joyce Piper, I feel like I just learn more and more every time I speak with you. I am so um, grateful that you've you've been on um, this episode and I'm sure everyone's going to love listening to this. Uh, the one question I'd love to ask you before we do wrap this up is, you know, I, I know like being in business and I work with, you know, a lot of women in business and sometimes it can be like business seems to kind of take over your life because you're so passionate about what you do. I know I'm speaking for myself, but I think it is really important that we still have those things that we do for fun. So when you're not in your business and helping people, what do you do for fun, Joyce? Well, I share my house with two Pomeranians and I absolutely adore them. I never had children, so they are my babies and I spend as much time with them as I can um, but I love gardening and I love being outdoors uh, moving my body um, I have done a lot of scuba diving in my life it's a real passion but oh. I haven't done very much since I've been back in Adelaide I must admit Oh, and you do live near the beach as well, which I think I is fantastic. And I've seen mm. your little puppies. They're so very, very <laughs> cute. I love that. <laughs> Fabulous. Joyce, it's been an absolute pleasure. So if can you let me know if people um, want to get in touch with you and they want to find out more about Face Yoga, what's the best way? And I'll put all the details in the show notes, but what's mm -hmm. the easy way for them to get in touch with you? They can call me or go to my website faceyogacoach.com and they'll find all the details about how they can make contact with me um, they can have a, a complimentary call if they just want to explore what I do and how I might be able to help them um, yeah I'd love to speak to anybody that's interested Amazing. So they can find you at www.thefaceyogacoach.com. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. And is that your like socials? Are you the face yoga coach as well? I think I am on yeah. Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Fabulous. So definitely go and check out Joyce's stuff and she runs amazing workshops. Um, and uh, she's definitely got me a convert. I'm using gua sha tool now. <laughs> Um, and there's more, there's definitely more that I want to learn and apply. So Joyce Piper, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're an always a delight and a fascinating person. And um, I really appreciate all that you've shared with us today. Oh, thank you, Tony. It's been lovely to chat with you. Fabulous. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Circle. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You, my friend, are awesome. So keep coaching and keep evolving.